0: And welcome to the Beer Podcast. My name's Sean and joining me as always is the Wiley Duncan Buffon. Mr buffer Man, how are we? I'm good, Sean. i am asking what I did with my afternoon. What did you do with your afternoon? I watched the cricket. Really? Or as
1: the French call it, the cricket. <laughs> did, did you not know, there's a it. thing called French cricket?
0: You, what is it? Across. So, no, no, you, you get a cricket bat and you, you put your legs right together, like shoes touching, and you hold your bat like flipping upwards, and then what you do is someone, the bowler, underarms it at your legs and you have to hit it away and then when you hit it you can run as far away as possible. One of the fielders gets it and then has to throw from that position and if it hits your legs you're out. Sounds even worse than normal cricket. No way. You do it as a good warm up for, for cricket training because you also get to run around and like laugh and say French words and stuff. I mean yeah. I did when I was fourteen anyway. Yeah. It
1: sounds like an absolute hoot. <laughs> uh, here's my cricket take. Yep. David Warner actually really shit batsman. No no no. He's really, really shit um, he, he had five runs off 40 balls which is like how how can you be so bad my housemate Lawrence is saying he's actually one of the best batsmen in the world yeah and I'm like well I'm not really saying it mm. and then Manus Labuschagne comes in and he just fucking bam 10 mm. runs in the blink of an eye mm. doubles David Warner up hasn't even been in for you know like 5 minutes he's already got 10 runs and my third take that
0: Harris guy so shit <laughs> i guess if you watch one if you watch one session of cricket you've probably got like three takeaways because that's probably what happens especially in the first session like the whole point of the foot what are they on right now uh they're currently on one currently
1: for one um, 25 overs you have you what's 25 times six <laughs> i don't know you're 150. Yeah, it's 150 150 (laughs) balls to get 45 runs, so you're not even getting one run every three balls. Like, what is
0: going on with the Australian batting order? So, with cricket, the first session, you've got a new ball coming at you. You've got fresh bowlers. These two happen to be some of the scariest bowlers you will ever face in the world. Stuart Broad, cunt, but great bowler. And Jimmy Anderson, prehistoric, but good bowler. Uh, the England's got something to prove after the first test, and these guys are just ripping, ripping right into you. And the whole point of just getting to lunch and getting to tea is just see them out, wear Good them down. Same at lunch, which is <laughs> wear them down, uh, wear them down, stay in. To, to be only one wicket down heading into the after this first session, while you've got a red hot England team coming into you, that it is a ter- terrible wicket. Yeah, no, it's a great wicket for no, him. but like for Sam, <laughs> like you know, for, yeah. for
1: Marcus Harris, his
0: first shot. Yeah, he
1: sucks. He's so shit, and he almost got out before that as well. And they had to do the they had to do the review to like prove that he wasn't out. Which means he's not out. I don't, I don't say almost not out, man. No, nah, he's fucking almost got out. Like if you yeah. no, if you I, I know if I'm he if he got if he got if that happened, like he almost got out, and then he you know like plays another like ten overs, like whatever, forget mm. about it. But. He almost got out, and then two overs later, he was out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. proof is that he's really shit.
0: Mm, you know who I'm really,
1: pudding. you know who I'm really excited to see? <laughs> who? Michael Neezer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because apparently he's apparently he's really cool. Uh, he's
0: getting his first cut. Yeah, he's like an old old bloke as well, isn't he? Is it? I
1: don't know. I'm just, uh, just at this point, I'm just spitting back stuff that my housemates <laughs> told me. Shouts to shouts to Lawrence.
0: Um, just yeah, it's we we've done a great job of just seeing off that new ball. Um, and also Twilight Cricket it's so fun I'm going to the pub after this and I can't wait to just sit there watch cricket just slowly simmer into the drunken world while wearing a bright yellow t-shirt yeah you're wearing
1: you're wearing, you're wearing a, a yellow and gold wallabies t-shirt it's, it's pre- look it's pretty um, pretty fresh yeah it's pretty, pretty magnificent pretty froggy fresh if it's your vibe which obviously it is uh, it's pretty good oh wow that's a backhanded compliment like, no. hey that's an
0: awesome shirt if you're into that <laughs> I meant it. I meant it as a front-handed compliment. Beautiful, like a slap in the face compliment. Um, I had some witty comment to make about the cricket. Doesn't sound like actually. So, um, one thing that really, really enthuses me about this this second session. Um, after this podcast, which we're both going to watch, uh, I'm sure, is as soon as Marcus Labuschagne came in. That's how you know. That's how you pronounce his you name. Know my, you know he's on my. You know he's on my weight picks every morning. Oh, really? Yeah. You got a little like indents of cricket players on your weight picks.
1: No, it's just him and Elise Perry. No, how many do you do? Uh, I do five,
0: and then I see how I feel. Usually it ends up being seven. Um... You know, I, I have once eaten two HSPs, large ones back to back, and I feel fine. But when it comes to wheat bix I can't do more than three. Two
1: HSPs back to back is like a crime against
0: humanity. That <laughs> <laughs> is like, like <laughs> that is obscene. I'll eat so many dinners, but with brekkie, I just, yeah. I actually saw this really good idea. I went out for a coffee somewhere, can't remember it. Shouts to him, but um, <laughs> they had a thing called a medium breakfast. So you know how you've got your big breakfast? Yeah. This was everything but half. So yeah. one hash brown, one piece of toast, one egg, and that's perfect.
1: See, but then you get you get through half a bacon, and you're like, I'd go <laughs> some more bacon. No, nah, no, nah, medium get, breakfast, get... but you cut out the beans and the tomatoes. Tomato, and you yeah. just get the same amount of bacon, two eggs, get the mushies, bread, spinach, spinach. spinach fuck the hash brown off because I don't really like hash browns. Are
0: you serious? I would not. Surely, like, surely that's like the only thing
1: you can eat there at the moment, anyway. Well, like out of that yeah. medley, it's the spinach, the browns, you know, it's the veggies. I, I just don't like, I just don't really like hash browns. Never have, never really have liked a hash brown. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Jeez. I anyway, wish that I did, but I, I just don't. So, anyway, Minus comes out and he blocks off the first ball and he just yells, no run! Just making fun of David Warner, who's very grumbly with the no run, yeah. of an obvious no run. Um, blocks off the first ball from Stewie Broad. Okay? Um, and he goes, no run. And the sort of laughs at David Warner. I'm like, oh, he is so comfortable. This is going to be a long day for England. Yeah. It's all well, about confidence, baby. Well,
1: Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence was filling me in about how Marnus Shanes maybe a bit of a weirdo. Mm. And he does like a bit of weird stuff. And then Andrew <laughs> Simons and Shane Warman getting into him for being a weirdo.
0: Yeah,
1: But in like a really like over the top way. Well, Where like he did something weird on the field and then Shane Warren was like back in, if he was in my locker room, like he would his guts would have been coming out of his ass. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> that's pretty turbo. <laughs> it's just cricket.
0: Yeah. yeah. Shane Warren's got some comments. Um, but then again, like his name's Manus. Yeah. You probably could have guessed Which that. Which is the most South African thing I've ever heard in my entire... Is it,
1: I don't even know if he has South African heritage. No, he
0: but... is. He's, he is South African. You pronounce his surname... Well, what's he bloody doing? <laughs> you pronounce his surname Lebashakni that's how it's pronounced South that is or Afrikaans just, sorry. that is just that's man, elite that's rogue spelled the same way I believe But surely it's got to be Labashane well that's what it is in English when you translate it
1: yeah but La- what is it spelled the same
0: way in, in Afrikaans you might have to google that one nah I don't really care enough but yeah his, his family name is So I googled that's Ma- cool
1: I googled Michael Knees up before just, yeah. just to see how old he was he's 31 uh, by the way listener I know you were hanging on to find <laughs> out how old he was He's also from South Africa, in a completely uh, like non-racist way. What are all these blokes doing here? Do we really want them?
0: <laughs> Go back to where you came from. Well, there isn't. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Is there, is there something about white South Africans? Actually, I don't know. Something,
0: I'm not 100% sure. Something that shocked me um, is like, you've got the Australian cricket team and like you've got the Australian teams for everything something that just baffles me is that the coaches of a lot of these teams and in rugby I don't think there's a single coach that's that's not like this all the coaches are literally like not even citizens of that country they're, they're from somewhere else so like yeah it's like soccer yeah what's with that what, Some like, of the most
1: random shit, like you just have like an Argentinian
0: guy like coaching like Iceland. fucking
1: <laughs> like coaching like fucking Qatar.
0: But like, surely, like everyone on the team has a nationality of that country.
1: Well, most of them, yeah, yeah, like de- like all of them technically, but like, yeah, yeah but um, Aston Villa right back Maddie Cash is about to become a Polish
0: citizen playing in the Polish team. So my housemate was telling me about that that guy who turned Chinese. Um, he was like some Turkish dude and then he changed his name so it's like got an accent or something and now he plays for the Chinese national team damn anyway. well,
1: there's 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 um, there's this British as fuck guy who plays for Blackburn in the second <laughs> division called Ben Brereton and just before the um, Copa America last year he like got his Chilean citizenship uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he started going by Brereton Diaz
0: <laughs> and so he's just got Brereton Diaz on the back and now he's like he kept it <laughs> he's back that's pretty cool but but why why can't like all the players are of that nationality why, yeah. why do the coaches why are they exempt
1: well because how many, how many great Thai coaches are there on the world stage that get, get better well how do you get better <laughs> you get more eyeballs and more funding and more like you know publicity mm-hmm. and how do you do that by being a good team how do you be a good team by getting a better coach it's like the equivalent uh, of like players? it's like well, but you can't no, just get yeah. better players. It's like a you know it's like a decades long investment to get better players. But the coach you can, an NBA team can pay the coach whatever they want. So that's like the competitive advantage. The competitive advantage is like yes, you you as a nation, a footballing nation, you're tied to your grassroots production. Mm. But the coach you can just do whatever you want. Mm. So Thailand can get a you know a a better. Um, uh, you know an advantage over Malaysia in the Asian Cup by bringing in like some dude who yeah, bang, yeah, yeah. you know coached
0: in Spain it's Raniere kind
1: of, yeah fucking
0: um, dilly ding dilly dong final thing on the intro uh, <laughs> so you're checking the time because you want to move on but um, no I love it I, I got an email uh, for being like you know Socceroos they're like alright just check out you can you can reserve your ticket for a World Cup qualifier and I love it when the Socceroos get a World Cup qualifier because it's always like Okay, Australia, here's like a war-torn country... that has never played soccer in their lives, you need you need to lose to them nil-one and then you're in the World Cup. Well,
1: don't say nil-one.
0: Oh, sorry. But you know what I mean? Like, you, you've got a buffer of one nil yeah. and that's all you need to do to make the World Cup. And then yeah. it's like, they struggle, but everyone goes nuts when they win it. So we're playing Vietnam on the 27th of January. Yeah. And that's our... Is this the said war-torn country? No, nah, but like, us- usually it's like, you know, I think it was like Afghanistan one year or something like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so we have to beat or draw with Vietnam on the 27th of January to make the World Cup while like Italy missed out the other year and they're yeah. clearly good enough to win the Euros <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be there? I was actually thinking about it because like the tickets couldn't be too much nah no. are you gonna be there? No, no,
1: no. <laughs> um We should definitely move on because this is rivaling
0: the dentistry, (laughs) the the infamous
1: dentistry intro of last week. But final comment before we start talking about (laughs) before we talk about um, uh,
0: the greatest shooter of all time.
1: Yeah, some rando uh, is that I went to a Melbourne Victory game last. I would say the Socceroos before two weeks ago. Uh, it was It was. the game was terrible it was really shit but we were right next to the South Terrace the Melbourne Victory fans but they they were insane they didn't stop the entire game they were just drummed and chanting the whole time it was like it was very impressive okay don't respond Uh, can I respond Ah. my mates the president
0: was the president of the Melbourne Victory cheer squad that is such an interesting thing He he sounds like an interesting character he didn't even think it was an abnormal thing to be there's
1: there there was a few abnormal characters uh, who were in and amongst action. I'll say yeah. that much.
0: Yeah,
1: like people who you are like, yeah, I'll stick clear of you. I'll <laughs> <laughs> give you like a wide berth. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll let you intro this because Melbourne, it's your Melbourne. <laughs> because it's your it's your guy, so you can have the
0: floor. So the greatest shooter of all time has finally admitted to being the greatest shooter of all time after he surpassed Ray Allen and of course Reggie Miller before that as hitting the most three-pointers of all time that is Steph Curry um, it it was a long time coming given that it was four games um, it was uh, well to be fair some of the some of the chat was a bit outrageous he was like he was like
1: 13 threes away, and people were like, it was 15, "Oh, like yeah. the Today three, the, day. the three watches on." And it's like, <laughs> "Well, actually, that's that's pretty
0: absurd." Yeah, yeah, like he would have had to beat a record for threes in a game to get some of that. But yeah, he would have he had to take
1: took thirty threes
0: them. to get. Well, like, what if he just got hot? But he, like, I think he took like 18 one game. They took seventeen the next game, and then thirteen the next game. And like, he does. I don't have it in front of me, but he's taking something like 11, 12, 13 a game, which is like another NBA record yeah. Um, but yeah he's obviously done it he did, us, he did it in Madison Square Garden and like which which is great which is amazing because like I I still have that game where he scored 54 in New York on MP4 on a USB because that was before I had NBA League Pass and I was just starting watching basketball in 2012-2013 and that game was amazing and I, I you know we're, we're going to ask a question later what are some of Steph's three pointers that you remember vividly And that final one where he hit it, and he starts just shaking his arms, running back with his eyes shut. Like that's. Anyhow, I'm getting into I'm getting into the weeds there. Better
1: better MSG performance. Steph's fifty point coming out or Sanity
0: at MSG. Steph, Mm. arguable. (laughs) What about Raymond Felton? (laughs) Cheeky little nineteen and five against Dallas. Pre or post (laughs) blowout? Oh. Um, and by blowout, I mean, by blowout, I don't mean
1: drugs. I mean the chassis. Oh, did he do drugs? Raymond nah, f- but he just got fat. Oh, He's got heaps fat. He's, yeah. Raymond Felton, arguably the Danny Rose of the NBA.
0: Danny Rose, is that the Watford player? Yeah, he's a Watford player. I thought, I, thought you'd,
1: I thought you'd get that because you're,
0: you're, you're a... I'm a Hornet. You're a Hornet. Right from the Hornets. Danny, the Rose, Danny Rose is ex, the
1: ex-Tottenham left back who's now playing as a left-sided centre-back for Watford and he's so... Fucking fat, like it's literally yes. just like just retire. Really? Yeah, just retire. He doesn't look that fat. Nah, he's he's so. And every time the ball goes near him, it's, he's just getting skinned by some young winger. Wow. He literally just going through the motions, collecting the paycheck. Like it's it's Yay. pretty good. Cool. Anyway, Raymond Felton, Raymond <laughs> Felton walked so Danny Rose could run.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Steph Curry. I mean, like we've we've talked about it heaps, and I'm actually like sort of a little bit speechless and, and like I don't know how we're going to drag this on for 10 minutes but like he's just sort of done it we all knew it was going to happen and I, and I mentioned pre-season when we were talking on the four man wave plus Marco some of the things we're watching out for in this season and I said around December uh, maybe early January Steph is going to get the three point record and obviously he's having an MVP worthy season but uh, but here we are and-
1: I, I think there was a an early like straw poll released the other day and he had like 90 of of the 100 uh first place votes for mvp yeah
0: yeah which is which is fair enough but also Jeremy Grant was like at a 100% lock for most improved player at the same point last season so like yeah
1: well and lebron was a lock for mvp at
0: the yeah, same point last yeah. season as well stuff stuff can change but is looking very good and also just like So Steph got 2,974 threes in like 700-something games, while Ray Allen had 2,973 threes in 1,200 games. Yeah,
1: so Ray Allen's making two and a half threes a game. and And
0: like Steph Curry... Is not done. Like, you know, if he oh. plays at the rest of his contract, he's going to be playing for, like, would another you, four years, yeah, right? Of really? course. And, like, he's just going to stay with the Warriors and whether that be on a minimum or if he just gets a nice little, like, Kobe Bryant maximum contract send-off probably doesn't deserve it sort of thing. Like, yeah. this this number's not finished. And, like, when you talk about guys breaking records, sort of like, you know, you think of Kobe passing MJ when he got that free throw in Minnesota and they stopped the game and he waved to the fans. Like... You know, that's the twilight of his career. Like, this is not it for Stephen Curry. Like, he's still going, he's still an MVP. And at a worst-case scenario, he doesn't play at an MVP level next year, still makes plenty of threes. And you, and you look at the number, and you look at the, the, the record for threes, and threes made in the list of players in there, and there has never been a player like him shooting at this higher volume before. And odds on, we're not going to see it for another generation, because, like, obviously... There's heaps of kids right now growing up watching Stephen Curry falling in love with it and they're probably gonna try and imitate him. And not just Trey Young, like Trey Young's come up and blah blah. Well, there's gonna be like the next generation of Trey Young moving forwards because even Trey right now is like not on track to even come close to Steph Curry because he's amazing. Um, so it's like this record's gonna stand for a very long time because the record's just gonna keep getting blown out over and over and over again and I can't wait to watch Warriors games in the future. And just like hear people say, that's another one to the record that just keeps growing. I've got two. I've got two things to say.
1: One is that I'm currently looking at the all-time.
0: There's some fucking gross amount of coal Corvers in there.
1: <laughs> well, I reckon that's sick that coal Corfers is in there, and that is high. I think. I think what was he six? Mm,
0: it just speaks a lot about like His how many, how much all-time. people didn't shoot threes as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. Guess, okay, so Kobe is at 19. Guess which current NBA All-Star rounds out the 20? Harden? Guess which current... No. Can, can I have a couple of guesses? No, well, yeah, you're <laughs> way off on Harden. Yeah, you got, you got hey, three Harden's guesses. Harden's like fifth or sixth. Yeah, we'll talk about Harden in a second because that's my second my second point.
0: So which current
1: NBA Harden All-Star, is prominent 20th? NBA player is 20th and it's probably nestled in between Kobe and Clay Thompson, who is 21st. Harden's like Dame... It's not Dane that's two guesses And I would you say I get
0: seven guesses okay <laughs> <laughs> seven is my favorite number okay it's gonna be so if there's still an all star oh is it like Kevin Durant nah oh don't don't I really like this there's horrible listening wow. um, it
1: gets fucking rogue as like in the 20 to thirty range there's some fucking names it's in like here. j r. Smith j.r. Smith is like sixteen Mike Miller uh yeah I don't think Mike Miller's in the top thirty, but uh, come on, you get one more guess, and I'm telling you, twentieth all time. Oh, is it LeBron? Nah. Okay, can I get another guess? <laughs> okay, one more guess.
0: So current all star. Here's
1: how we're gonna. Here's how we're gonna drag this out to ten minutes because you're taking things <laughs> seven minutes with seven guesses.
0: Is it Paul George? It's Paul
1: George. <sighs> Paul George is the twentieth all time. Mm. Um. Kevin Durant is 26th mm. and Wesley Matthews is 24th. <laughs> <laughs> he played like five Isn't years. Is <laughs> that the most fucked up thing? Kevin Durant has Kevin Durant has three extra NBA seasons on Wesley Matthews, and Wesley Matthews is mm. like 28 threes ahead of Kevin Durant on the list. That's pretty fucking insane. Yeah. Okay, the second thing that I want to talk about, and this is not like Like, I'm not wishing ill. I'm not, like, you know, trying to, like, put negative juju out there. But James Harden is fourth Mm all-time. He's going to pass Reggie Miller probably in the next two months Uh for third all-time. He's about 453s behind Steph and Ray currently. Yeah. Steph and Harden probably for the rest of their careers will make a similar amount of threes per game. What's that? Assuming that 150, right? Assuming that what per per season? No, way more than 150. Two, two, 200 to 250. Okay. Surely. Okay. Um. So I think James Harden has two. He's two really good three-point shooting seasons behind Steph. Mm-hmm. For all time and he you know he's gonna fucking jack it up (laughs) he's a little bit younger than Steph Steph's gonna Steph's Steph's almost 34 Harden just turned 32 so it's like almost two years Mm. there's there's it's not outside the realm of possibility that Harden finishes as the all time leader it's not because all it would need is like Steph to like retire early or miss a season miss half a season with injury and Harden just keeps going at his current pace or even you know Brings it back to like the 2018, 19 form where he, you know, he yeah, he yeah, also yeah. banged in like 300 threes. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's it's a race. I just, I'm keeping my eye on that. I've mean, keeping my eye on that the last like three years because he's always just been shadowing. It's been like, obvious that he's going to end up second all time mm. when he when it's all said and done. But like, he's got those two years of good stuff, which is if if Steph calls it before he does. You know that 35-year-old Harden is still
0: taking 10 threes. Yeah. But he'll be 35. Yeah. And like, he's not going to be at an MVP level of 35. Nah, most, but, most likely. Yeah, but you don't need to be an MVP to
1: hit threes.
0: Oh, I know, I know. But the sort of threes that he takes, which is like very skilled, yeah. very will-based, you know, it's like he just, he, he uses his athleticism and his body to get these like very slim openings. Like they're not Kyle Corver catch and shoots off, you know, running around the court. Yeah. Steph Curry, like it just comes naturally to him. He's got such a lead already. We'd say like 450 on him. Um, and, he, I, I'm actually kind of excited to see 39-year-old Steph Curry. Like he'll be, oh my God, he'll be coming on. off the bench. Right? Six years. He'll be coming off the bench, and like he's going to get open threes because he's like not going to be able to go inside the paint. But teams aren't going to be hugging him like he is at an MVP level right now. And it's going to be really interesting to see like old man. Just put up some threes at home, and everyone goes crazy. And makes like two a game. And he's just. Is he playing for Golden State or Charlotte? He's playing for Golden State, um, and he's just like he's literally Del Curry's prime. And he's just like walking out there. He's like, ah, oh, I'm the I'm the shooting guard, and no, I don't. I'm probably not going to do a great job at guiding my position. He's got little gray bits in his hair. Like Steph's just going to be banging him, like no matter where he is. Um, that that's not answering your question, but I, I I'm not watching it very closely.
1: Yeah, why? I mean, I'm just like I'm. I'm. I. I'm not watching it closely, but I'm like the shadow is definitely there. Mm. It's not like a fade to complete that Steph is gonna have this record for forever. Like, I think it's definitely a possibility that Harden makes it like really interesting. Um, just before we move on saying that's really nice Ray Allen uh, the deposed king of the three point shot <laughs> yeah. the king is dead long with the king Ray Allen's career three point field goal percentage 40% exactly oh, 40% that's really cool it's really amazing. Um,
0: it? w- one thing that when I'm looking at all these records one thing that I think about is that like Steph would have done this a year ago if Aaron Baines didn't fall on his hand, right? Like, and, and that sort of stuff. And it's like, you look at LeBron trying to chase um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points of all time. And it's like, you know, him missing that time with that groin injury in his first year with the Lonzo Ball Lakers. It's like, that really actually hurts his chase because like, you know, you have to be um, longeviable. Um, <laughs> not a word. Um, and I, I just think like, no no one thinks like this and and like when when Aaron Baines falls on Steph Curry's hand he's not like damn I'm not going to be able to put up an extra 153s on my record but like if you're Curry Irving or Ben Simmons just for like all-time rankings like they're just missing all that chunk of data and like for me when I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm looking at all these records and stuff it's, it's just a little bit disappointing that these guys are just going to throw away a year of production for reasons outside of basketball and mm. just being able to play the game. And like, yeah. if LeBron James said, I don't want to get a vaccine, so I'm going to miss a year, obviously we're like, shit, no, LeBron James is going to be like, the, the NBA is worse off. But we're also a bit like, you're chasing Carl Malone. Like, sorry, well, you're chasing both of them, him and, uh, him and Kareem. Like, that's like really going to hurt your like all-time legacy. Like if you're the number one scorer, that's awesome so it's a bit like these guys are just throwing away like their chance to just yeah well would tell you that he doesn't care about and, and he shouldn't like I'm not saying this is like something that people should care about but it is just a bit of a shame when you when you hear about that and just another reason why if you're a basketball player play some basketball well yeah shut up and dribble
1: <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself Sean
0: I think these are two instances where you're allowed to say shut up and dribble <laughs> as opposed to the usual situation which is quite horrible yes <laughs> yes um should we take a little bit of a break before we move into the second half of the pod i'd love to take a break
1: the depth the the deep, the ugh, the deep two god that's a mouthful anyways i'm Marco, co-host of the hey daniel gafford what's the name of our podcast The jvg nba tribute show well i can't believe it's that easy thanks gaff you probably know us as two members of Before Man Weave plus Marco, but we know you as our next listener. Well said, Lucas. I gotta ask, how do we differ from the pack of basketball podcasts? It's a great question, Marco. You see, on our basketball podcast, we have two male co-hosts. Wow, truly groundbreaking. After this episode, stay on your favourite podcasting app and give us a spin. All right, and we are back. And we're talking about trade season. I hate trade season. Jeez, <laughs> Transactions fucking suck. <laughs> Speaking of transactions, can't wait till someone signs Isaiah Thomas from the G League. Oh, well, 42 points in his G League debut today. Man,
0: that, I was actually thinking of a bit today. And like, I'll, I'll give it you, a you. are thinking of a bit? Whoa, that <laughs> is unbelievable. I'll send it at half-baked, but um go something like this. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. All right, all right, I'm ready now, I'm ready. Man, get that square bracket, injury riddled player that probably doesn't fit in the NBA at past 30 because of his body and is just nowhere near the heights that he once was. Guy on that roster, he's still got a shot in the league.
1: <laughs> Whoa,
0: basketball Instagram, is that you? <laughs> basketball Instagram, I know I apologized to you like <laughs>
1: three weeks ago, but I'm after that comment, I'm rescinding
0: my apology. <laughs> Um, by the way, Denver said, Hey, he's playing for the Grand Rapids gold, but he's definitely not playing for the Nuggets, which yeah. is like I really like the fact that they stopped it right at the basketball the, forever page. The
1: injury the injury riddled guard needy nuggets are like, yeah. No. They would rather Devon Reed than Isaiah Thomas, which hey, probably says something. Former Phoenix son, Devon Reed. Good on him. For former sure Indiana Posa.
0: You know Not how old sure he is now? What that says? What? Like twenty-five? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, who's
1: this dude?" Yeah, I think he's one of these old, yeah. older, older second-round picks. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really play much for us. Yeah. Anyway, it's trade season because, as of fifteenth uh, of December, uh, which is today in America, because America is a day behind us, um, most of the league can now be traded something like 85% of the league is now available to be traded whereas previously it was like 60% because all the players who signed free agent deals in the summer most of them anyway uh, the the Brogdon the Brogdon's and and others excluded can now be traded which means that everyone's on the table no one's off limits it means let's talk (laughs) it means that palms are getting greased Shoulders are rubbing, elbows are rubbing, phones are ringing off the hook. So what we're going to do is basically run through uh, some of the hottest developments, rumours, what have you, uh, a lot of which comes from The Athletic. So we'll kick things off with um, a report from everyone's favourite newsbreaker, Sham Surania, of The (laughs) aforementioned Athletic, which is about Jeremy Grant, which includes something that is absolutely... Fucking lie, where he says dozens of teams call the Pistons each week about Jeremy Grant. No,
0: they don't. No, they don't. So twenty, at least twenty-four teams every seven days. Twenty-four of the Detroit. twenty-nine teams are calling them about
1: Jeremy Grant every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I call bullshit. Yeah, no, nah, I reckon you might be right. Sam, your
0: credibility is eroding. But right what are the they second. calling about when it comes to Jeremy Grant? Uh, well, no, I, no, no. Finish the report. <laughs> You didn't read the headline.
1: Plenty of inches. What do you mean?
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, oh, you. Okay, I, I see what you're doing. I
1: that was not the best way. All
0: right. Uh, what What are you reckon about this? So Shams mentioned the Lakers and the Trailblazers as two of the two of the more prominent teams. Two of the more prominent let's out just, of twenty four. Let's just
1: fucking pump the brakes on Lakers trade talk until we get to the next headline. But on Lakers trading for someone of what are you trading?
0: Uh, they can get like KCP, Kuzma, and Harold. <laughs> Harold makes a maximum, so like maybe two oh of them. Oh my
1: god! What do you literally though? Like they have no, Ta- no one to Ta- even. Talon Horton. They literally don't even have anyone to like make the make the numbers
0: work. Yeah. Well, no, I think the theory here, which is yeah, we'll talk about it later, but you know the the Lakers fielding internal discussions about a Russell Westbrook trade. It would be Detroit taking on Russell Westbrook. That's the trade. Is everyone, <laughs> is everyone in, in the Lakers office doing
1: meth? Well, th- they've been doing it for a while. Well, at least it was like defensible meth where you could kind of say, yeah, this is a bit crazy. We're definitely cooking it up here. But sure, let's get big. Mm. We want a championship getting big with these goon centers. Mm. Like, let's just run that back. Yeah, let's go for star power. Like, it, it, there's, you've been able to defend it. But like, this is just like, you have no assets. Yeah. You have no first round picks you have no players that anybody else wants Mm. and you're trying to get rid of the worst contract in the league (laughs) and you're trying to get like a a, you know like a fringe
0: all-star level player Yeah, yeah who's getting paid as if he's an MVP what the fuck <laughs> all right so back to Jeremy Grant he's eligible this offseason he's eligible for a four year extension on his current deal which will expire at the end of the following season and he can sign up to as much as 112 million obviously because he's not an all nba all-star or mvp um, so like it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an inflection point for Detroit because they've Troy Weaver's done the right thing here he's paid this guy he's brought in uh, He's brought in Jeremy Grant, who everyone's like, what are you doing that for? He had like an MVP, uh, sorry, MIP worthy season. Like, you know, he didn't win it and he wasn't going to win it, but he's in the conversation and he's proven that he's more than what he was. Um, maybe the best time to trade him would have been last offseason when he was shooting like 70% from the Um, But hey, that's in the past now. So you, you're looking at it like, what do you do if you're Detroit? Because... If you don't trade him, he's gonna turn around and say, Hey, like, you know, money, I would like some money, I've committed to being in Detroit, why don't you just give me that money? But if you're Detroit where you're trying to build up a team, why would you just commit a hundred million dollars to a guy who is twenty eight years old right now and by the time Cade Cunningham is ready to be an MVP if he can be that it's going to be well either you know if are either just you're wasting money on a 32 year old Jeremy Grant whose best skill isn't something that doesn't rely on athleticism. I don't know why I just had two negative quantifiers in that sentence. Um, so it's like Detroit should have done this last year. Is and it's they've sort of done the right thing here by like you wonder where this report's coming from like is this report leaked to shams from the lakers or portland or was this report leaked from detroit or was it a leaked from jeremy's agent right and, and jeremy has done nothing but say he wants to be in detroit and he actually mentioned the last trade deadline that one of the reasons he hasn't requested a trade and doesn't want to trade is because he wanted to go to Detroit. He wanted to go to a team with a African-American coach, African-American lead basketball ma- decision-maker, and just be, you know, Black Lives Matter, wanted to be a part of that organization because he, he liked where they were going. Um, so, like, has he just done a full 180 and said, hey, I want to get a trade. Let's try and get some buzz around me. And all this conversation is great, but he tore a ligament in his finger and he's out for like four to six weeks from now. So it's like, if you are Portland and you want to bring him in and like maybe make, go for a run right now because you're 11 and 14 or whatever, 11 and 15, he's not going to be there. You're going to give up something and he's not going to be there for four to six weeks and who knows what he's going to look like when he gets back because he hasn't actually been that elite so far. So it's freaking messy, Dante. Well,
1: I mean, like the Blazers aren't going to get him because hmm. uh, if, there, if there is as much interest as Sham seems to believe there is, which there's not, Uh, then they absolutely can't offer a package that's even remotely, you know, appealing to what other teams potentially could offer. And I I don't mean to say there's not interest because I think that every contender should be looking at adding someone like Jamie Grant. The problem is, the reason why he took the money and why he went to Detroit is because he wanted the bigger role. He's got the bigger role. He's like the 1A or the 1B on Detroit now. He was the undisputed 1A last year. Uh, He... If he's going to go to a contender, which is probably, I mean, outside of like a Kings or a Blazers kind of like mid-tier yeah. team trying to like, you know, make a run for the plane or whatever, mm. he he's probably going to get traded to a contender, but he's not going to get traded to a contender as like a ball-dominant wing who's going to take, you know, 18 shots a game like it does in Detroit. He's getting traded as Denver Jeremy Grant, who's yeah. going to, you know... Um, ironic isn't it that yeah, like he, he wanted I mean, to it is, leave it is it is, it is ironic and, and I think that if he I think if, if he does want to go play like winning basketball that's the cost mm-hmm. he obviously is a better player than he was and he's shown more in his in his locker than he did in, in uh, Denver so he's not going to go back and average 8 points a game like yeah. he did for the Nuggets or whatever yeah but he's certainly not going to be the featured player like he is in Detroit. He's not going to have the license to just jack yeah. contested jumpers off the dribble, which he loves to do. Yeah. Um, he's gonna to have to streamline his role. Whether he wants to do that, you know, leaving the ecosystem that he, you know, decided that he wanted to come to and that has let him flourish, I don't know. So maybe that maybe, maybe he doesn't actually want to do that. If he does, he's exactly the sort of player that. That um teams should want, would want, and Detroit should train him because they're gonna get a hole for him. Robert Covington got two first round picks two seasons ago. Yeah. Jamie Grant is a better player now than Robert Covington has ever been. And they could easily get two fir- two first round picks from a yeah. from a mid level contender who's still got first round picks. Or you get a pick in like a young player like mm. there's I- definitely there's definitely lack like assets to be had here because lots of, lots of teams would want this
0: dude. Maybe two first round picks this time last year but maybe not this year and I'll use that as a segue into the next piece of news which we're going to talk about is that coming from Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee that the Kings are shopping Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley III in trade. And the main report here was that, yes, they've been shopping Buddy Heald for a couple of years now, but it is a deal that connects him to Marvin Bagley. Would you trade, if you're either team, would you trade Jeremy Grant for Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, and a first-round pick?
1: No, because Marvin Bagley is not an asset, and any team that trades for Marvin Bagley is opting out of, is they're not offering him the qualifying offer, because his qualifying offer would be like $11 million. Yeah, yeah. So... Marvin Bagley's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this
0: season, you regardless of whether yeah, you... get him on a make good minimum. Yeah, yeah,
1: you get him on a minimum and you say, all right, prove if you've it. got anything, prove it. Um, Buddy Hield is a negative asset at this point, especially for a team like Detroit. Maybe you're like, yeah, we brought Kelly Olenek in so that they can space the floor for our young guards. Sadiq is not doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Maybe they're like Buddy Heald is, you know, like now he's like the, he's like the guard version of that. Like, you know, maybe Cade will look better. Killian Hayes will look better playing I next do to a someone good who shooter. can shoot, yeah. you know, more space. Like you get the assist because it's not fucking, you know, I don't know, Sadiq Bay random, <laughs> random bloke. Sabin just, Lee. Yeah. Random bloke just clanking. Yeah. But I mean, Buddy Heald is not. On that contract is on an asset. Marvin Bagley is not an asset whatsoever. So I think Bagley's only getting traded in like a salary dump kind of situation yeah, or yeah. to a team that deliberately wants to clear cap space. Yeah. Which, you, you know, in, in that instance, it's like, well, Bagley's cap hold is like something like 12 or 13 yeah. this year. You traded someone who's of equal value and then... You know, you trade them to that, that team. You trade them to the Kings, you get Bagley in return. And the next season, you don't offer Bagley the qualifying officers. That $13 million, $11 million is just gone. Mm. You've opened that up. Detroit doesn't need to do that. There's no point in Detroit opening up cap space.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially if Jeremy Grant goes. Yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're going to have that cap space. You're also not going to use it on anyone that that need. you need to have $25 million for. So I would not be exploring
0: that if I was... A little bit cheeky from good friend of the pod, Monty McNair there, having his cake and eating it too. Jeez, the fountain. <laughs> Let's the absolute fountain. Let's move on to another piece of news coming from Jake Fisher of Bledge Report that the, the Los Angeles Lakers have held internal discussions on a Russell Westbrook trade. Um, this is bad news for people hoping that the Westbrook situation is going to turn around. Um, it's good news for people who didn't think it was ever going to turn around and it's just yucky. Like the... The funny thing about this article is that Jake sort of tries to go into trades and then pretty much just says, hey, it's actually really hard to make a trade here because, you know, he's getting paid $44, $45 million a year. He's not worth that much money. It's getting very tricky. He does float the idea of one trade, saying that the salaries of Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio with the Cleveland Cavaliers would match for Westbrook um, and kindly puts it by saying that, quote, that structure is of little interest to the Cleveland and hasn't been discussed, maybe because Cleveland is winning basketball games at the moment, uh, and Kevin Love actually doing a nice job, being like a the the first big off the bench for a team that is rich with bigs, which is actually like you know a nice little redemption arc. Hey, but he's not worth thirty million. And hey, he's
1: been getting up. Kevin Love's been getting up and about. Like he's probably going to pop an Achilles from how much he's been dancing <laughs> on the on the bench today. Today, today, Ricky Rubio did that. You know, he scored like a six shot and mm. then. Got a steal and then like a behind the back pass to I don't know who who scored the Ed later. Davis Ed Davis behind the back pass to Ed, Ed Davis just as time expired on yeah, the quarter. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know it's like a four point swing with a, with a you know like a steal from yeah, Ricky Rubio yeah. in like five seconds. And Kevin Love came over and pushed him so hard <laughs> I thought Ricky Rubio <laughs> was gonna fucking die. Um, it's, Kevin Love, it's, is, it's good to see him fitting in once yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't fit out Kevin. Um, yeah, that, that there's literally, there's literally just no fucking way. Like, ne- like you could name anyone for Russell Westbrook. There's literally no fucking way. It says everything about Russell Westbrook that the guy he was most recently traded for has played like <laughs> 10 games for the team that traded for him. Yeah. That Houston literally just wanted to get rid of him so badly. They're like, fuck it. We'll take someone else's stinking garbage. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, his contract is not appreciably better than Wall's. Like, yes, at least he's playing. We don't really know what level Wall would be playing at if he was (laughs) playing right now despite Sham's desperate attempts to tell us otherwise in an absolutely fucking transparent athletic column <laughs> a few weeks ago that was literally like, here, John Wall, take the pen and you can write it. It was like,
0: John Wall can be an asset to this team. He wants to play. He it's... will start if he does play. Well, yeah. also just by me trying to say, hold on that day, John Wall and Bradley Beal or something, uh, two yeah. years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, not to be. But Russ how how do you trade him? You
1: you just can't Because there's no there, There's not Literally he's He's he, It's the sort of contracts Where if it was If it was smaller Like say it was like 20 million mm. And it was actually Tradable You could You could get Two 10 million contracts Or you could trade it For another 20 million buddy, buddy healed Yeah exactly Exactly That's the sort of contract That you need to sweeten Yeah You need to Sweeten that contract To get rid of it it's not twenty million. It's more than double twenty million. It's forty-five million. Mm. Um, so you need to potentially sweeten it twice as much. The only problem is the Lakers don't have any assets. They don't have. I think they've got one pick that they can trade out. They're not trading it to get rid of Russell Westbrook. That's just not palatable. You can't mm. like of, a pick Austin Reeves and Talon horton Tucker. Yeah, but Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves isn't an know, asset, no, and Talon okay. horton Tucker is shooting like thirty percent. So yeah. you, you know, it's like you know. Forgive <laughs> me. It's literally just not possible to, to trade him for anything good. And I think it's... Frankly, I think it's laughable that, that their name is being thrown out there. Like, they're interested in Jeremy Grant. like, with what? Like, none of the players on their bench, even the guys who are earning the minimum, like Kendrick Nunn on, on $5 million. It's like Trevor Rees and Malik Monk, mm. Avery Bradley. None of these guys are any better than the 10th man on any other team's bench. Mm. Like, Malik Monk is as good as every other team's 10th man. There's a so, a minimum. there's no, there's no value to be had there outside of players that are actually valuable, which they're not going to get rid of. Which yeah. unfortunately is LeBron and AD, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So this is they. This is the upshot of when you trade from Russell Westbrook and you build your team around Russell Westbrook, and then you start shooting thirty percent on threes. Is this is what you get
0: if? If the Washington Wizards never make the playoffs for the next five years, I still might look back when we're doing this pod five years from now and say that the Russ Westbrook for KCP, Harrell, and Kuzma deal might be the best deal of the past decade.
1: In terms of looking at um, a series of moves over a few seasons by a GM, turning that John Wall contract into what they have now in Washington, Tommy Shepard that's probably one of the best like for someone who was kind of not really thought of as even remotely a good GM yeah. whatsoever yeah. turning turning John Wall's contract into Russell Westbrook and then Russell Westbrook into like you know that like several rotation pieces yeah. plus a pick for like what's going to be a, you know what looks to be a playoff team that's some that's some real fucking general managing yeah. Um, I, I just yeah I, I mean like we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens and you know, the conversation in the last three weeks has been like Westbrook's shooting better, he's playing yeah, better. Yeah. Is this going to be, are we going to see him rampaging like we saw two years ago with Houston? And it's like, well, yes, maybe we will. But I would just like to bring up something that I brought up maybe six weeks ago, like when, we, when, when the season started, mm. is that even if he comes back rampaging and averages 29 points for the rest of the season, and it's like, whoa, it's like Houston Russ from, you know, two years ago, that's crazy. Mm in the playoffs, LeBron's going to have the ball when it matters. And he just hasn't proven that he can be effective without the ball ever in his career. Literally ever in his career. Because he's never been a good cutter. He's never been a good shooter. So he hasn't done it when he was 21, 25, 27, 30. He's not doing it now when he's 33. Yeah. Um, it's probably a pretty tall order to say that he's going to figure out his niche between now and then. That means that like, with four minutes left in a playoff game, LeBron's got the ball... ADs on the court, like what's he doing? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's not gonna get to have the, you know, LeBron's not gonna give him the controls. Yeah. With four minutes left, and it's like, well, you're just kind of, Yeah, yeah you'd rather have KCP out there in the last four minutes because yeah. at least you know he's and gonna. Caruso. Yeah, well, at least you know he's gonna hit the three and he's gonna play some good defense on the other man. Like, yeah, yeah. It it is it is seriously hard to envision them having like a deep playoff run if they even get there with him on the team, regardless of how he looks in the regular season just because of the fundamental issues that his presence poses and that's even outside of the contract which you know I feel like you know I feel like if he listens to this this podcast he's going to be really upset with everything I said about him <laughs> ripped into him a little bit but like yeah it the on, on the Lakers front it's like this is you made your bet this is this is what it is yeah this is what everybody said immediately when you made the trade yeah So you you kind of knew what you were getting into, and if you didn't, everyone should be fired. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, you've summed up everything I wanted to say as well. Well, let's move on to something that is sort of out of left field, which is that the Brooklyn Nets are willing to discuss Joe Harrison trades coming from that same report from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, and he actually got a quote from a rival GM that says, quote, it's crazy to me he's their only real 3&D player. But his name keeps popping up, which is like, yeah, you make a good point. He's been injured, and he's had the playoff struggles in the past. And by playoff struggles, I mean he doesn't make shots in the playoffs whatsoever. But like, what are you going to get for a Joe Harris trade that is any better than the, than what they have right now? Like, if they didn't have Patty Mills, and you're going to tell me they were going to trade for Patty Mills, like, okay, maybe that's better. But for that, you know, what ten million dollars slot, eleven million dollars Harris, Harris, eighteen, is it? Mm. Mm. We we'll get Jamie, Jamie, pull it up for us. <laughs> but um how, how do you upgrade? Like you've got James Harden and Kevin Durant on the same basketball team. You've already got an ideal point guard in Curry, sorry, you've already got an ideal point guard in Paddy Mills who's just gonna space the floor and take shots. How much is he gonna pay? Uh seventeen this year. Average um, average annual value uh eighteen point seven. Yeah, you win. But how how do you upgrade that slot? Um, well,
1: I think that you don't. I, I think you you potentially don't upgrade it on a player for player trade, but because he's got an almost twenty million dollars cup hold, can you trade him for two players? What do you want? Mike? Well, because they're so because they're so thin, right? Like like outside of the big, <laughs> the big three, <laughs> whatever the fuck that's worth this season. I mean, for what it's worth, they actually still are like you know first a very good East, team. But, yeah. but is that an is that an indicator of the East or you know? Or, or them the ace obviously has been better this year. I don't mean to like poo poo the ace, but yeah, um, there's they still obviously have like so like what, issues. What? Well, because here, because here's the other here here's their other options on the on the wing. It's rookie Cam Thomas. It's Bruce Brown, who's not you know he's he's a big for this team. He's not a wing. Yeah. James Johnson, and then that's literally it. Like you got fucking David Duke Jr. Not that <laughs> David Duke.
0: DeAndre Bembry. Duke
1: Kessler Edwards, um, yeah. you know, no nobody. So hypothetically, what if you turn? You know, this is. The, I'm just gonna throw out like two players who are from different teams. So it's not a tra- <laughs> it's not a trade idea yeah. at all. But what if you turn Joe Harris into like Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday? Oh. Something like that, though, where you're trading. Yeah. You're trading. Let's say as a role player, Joe Harris is an eight out of ten. You're trading for two sevens. And you just
0: get—I would say even worse than a seven. But you know what I mean. though? Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm,
1: I'm, I, I'm on the spot here.
0: I don't think that trade exists. Like, like let's say doesn't the, it though? Let's say the Spurs—you give up Doug McDermott, like throw in one of their young guys, or like, uh, she like uh, like, like there's, there's no one else there. Like, I, I, don't think there are two sevens. And who's doing it for Joe Harris though? There's no. Well, ups- I
1: mean, there's plenty of. I think there's plenty of playoff teams. There's, there's no like, upside I mean, for Joe Harris. Well, the upside for Joe Harris is, is that. Outside of what we've seen repeatedly in the playoffs, like pretending that that doesn't—he's exist. He's one of the best shooters in the league. We know that. Yeah, that's yeah. been proven over the course of his career. Yeah. I—I um, I mean, I'm struggling to think of a destination for that trade, but I,
0: I have to imagine that's the rationale, though. Well, yes, Sean. What? If, what if it's uh, Dwight Powell and Dorian Finney-Smith? Would you do that?
1: I don't think I would. For Dwight Powell Simply because You don't need another four Maxi Kleber instead Well again Same problem I mean like Maxi I guess Can play some three But He can play some five Well I just I just I just don't know With all the old dudes They have fucking But did Dallas Want to do that Did Dallas Want to do that trade Oh Dwayne Smith Is really fucking good Yeah And he's now I I don't don't, I'll I'll look up his numbers But he's got to be hitting Like 37-38% From um, for three, for a team, everyone shooting worse. Dorian Finney-Smith is is you know you have been talking about like you know the last couple of weeks, blokes quietly putting together an all defensive case. Dorian Finney-Smith this year is quietly putting it together an all all defensive case. Thirty eight percent from three. He's averaging nine points per game. So he's not like fucking yeah, you know, but he's like he's like, he's fully developed into a lockdown defender. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about? I, I I I think you probably want to talk about this team in a little bit. But what about you know? Again, I'm not saying that like. Atlanta would do this necessarily but what if it was like Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter something like that where you diversify your skill sets a little bit on the wing you get extra bodies that means that instead of it being round one and you're playing a seven man rotation you can play an eight man rotation it just means that you have an extra NBA player out there and you're not relying on a rookie Cam Thomas or a rookie fucking whoever or an old man whoever like John J. Bembry you know with like a career fucking John J. Bambi, what number does he feel about saying stuff? Don't tell, <laughs> tell me. Him. I don't want to know. Um, I think that has to be the rationale in terms of trading Harris, right? Because otherwise, what are you getting? Surely I,
0: they're not looking at a player for player trade. Yeah. But if if you're truly worried about depth, like Brooklyn's going to be the first name that comes up when it comes to a buyout. Like if Mohawkless Harkless gets bought out, you know, yeah, but does that solve the problem though? Well, then, if you want to trade an 8 out of 10 for two sevens or two sixes. Mo Harkless is like a 4 or a 5 out of 10 right? yeah de- de- definitely so does like a 4 and an 8 beat a 7 and a 7 like the, the hypothetical's gone too far but like they're gonna get a buyout person whoever yeah, it is yeah but I mean
1: like but like Blake Griffin Lamarcus Aldridge Paul Millsap that's the quality of buyout player and Lamarcus Aldridge is you know fucking having like a decent season and he keeps
0: soaking to his PR company <laughs> I'm
1: fucking a bit over it to be honest <laughs> um, thank god we only got Tyson Chandler in 2016 Well, dude I thought
0: he retired I yeah. was like we're done with this but no now he's Um, back and he wants to start the quality you know congratulations on healing your heart Lamarcus please tell me how to do (laughs) it
1: you can't predict necessarily who's going to be on the buyout market you know three or four months ahead of time but you're not going to get someone as good as Kevin Herter on the buyout market (laughs) or Doug McDermott on the buyout market these are dudes who Doug McDermott just got paid 13 million dollars a year Kevin Hurd is going to get paid some money whether it's Atlanta or not yeah. after this season yeah, yeah. The, the, the players on the buyout market are just not worth the money so you're not going to get like an amazing um, you know you may, may, maybe you will maybe you get lucky and it's like fucking you know like the Warriors or like the Sixers a couple of years ago with Bellinelli and over where it just yeah. like all fits maybe but probably not yeah. so you have to turn to the trademark and this is another team that has no assets yeah Joe Harris, I think I think teams would look at him potentially as an as an asset. It's difficult to gauge what kind of asset they'd be willing to give up in return. But the reason why I keep thinking like a, a, a two for one trade is just because I can't imagine that they're just like not happy with Joe Harris and they're like. Uh, you know, they're like, we got to get rid of this guy. we got to like, get what we can back. I mean, he's shooting 46% from three this season. Yeah. So what what do you want him to do if not that? Like, his numbers across the board are a little bit down, but 46% is fucking not down. Yeah. Um, you know what his career three-point shooting percentage is? Oh, what does it start it's, with? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you what it fucking start. <laughs> Normally starts with a five. It's 44. <gasps> yeah. So that's why you pay... 17 18 million dollars yeah he's doing exactly what you need and he's just injured well and that's fine yeah
0: yeah i mean i just think you know um all right how about this uh joe harris cam thomas and a future first i don't know if that has to be in like 2058 yeah for miles turner for miles turner
1: yeah i guess and I, i guess and then who's playing on the wing
0: Literally no one. DeAndre Benbury. But that's any hope for the buyout. Like it's a shame Trevor Ariza signed already. <laughs> <laughs> the core for Trevor well, I mean, that. like, James Ennis is still a free agent. <laughs> what the fuck are you loving at? It? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard to make Is that when United's own James Ennis? Yeah, uh, maybe. But if you're if you've got Joe Harris and you're paying him seventeen million dollars a year, he's one of those dudes getting paid on seventeen which is like you have him as, like, the most complimentary piece possible. No one's trading for him to hope that he develops into something else. It's sort of like, this is what you have. You've just got a supercharged Doug McDermott. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's there's no real trades out there. But one thing that came from that exact same report from Jake Fisher is that to sweeten the pot and to maybe get something better for Joe Harris is that the Nets are interested in throwing, and they have in the past, thrown Nick Claxton in trades. And they've said that Nick Claxton is available. Um, and, like... If I'm any young team, I swoop in and I steal Nick Claxton because, like, yeah, you know, he's proven little to a medium amount of value on a team that is just stacked. Well, or he's cover. also injured a lot. He's also injured a lot, but he's also extremely young and he's, like, played at one of the highest levels of basketball that you can, right? And. He hasn't been great because he's extremely young and he's still on a rookie deal. But if you're a young player, I reckon you just swing for Nick Claxton. Just hope that he's proven something. Maybe he can prove even more. Maybe you've got like another Jared Allen sort of level thing going up right there. And you mentioned Cam Reddish before. If you were the Hawks, would you do Nick Claxton for Cam Reddish?
1: No, just because I think there's a bit of positional redundancy there. Because where does he fit into the front court between my two big minute centers? Well, unless you're looking Capella at him, Capella hasn't looked good this year. Well, he's actually looked bad. Well, I mean, <laughs> next season you've got congo coming back. So yeah. you just,
0: coming back this season. Is he coming back this season? I, I thought I, he was done for the year. No, I don't think he's got a season-ending injury. I think it was just like really unfortunate that he like was out four to six weeks at the start of the year. Well, he's got the TT
1: Warren four to six weeks, oh. or the or the may he rest in peace, or, <laughs> or the <laughs> <laughs> fucking four to six weeks, the yeah. 330 pounder. <laughs> Um, oh wait! When all let just say Zion religion? oh no, we'll I- fucking yeah! <laughs> K- Kongwu is back in the court, bro. Oh, Kongwu is back in the court. No, no. Okay, yeah. So so okay. So it looks like he will be coming back. There's no timeline yet, but it looks like he he mm. will be coming back. I don't think that with Collins locked up, Capella's still there on Big Money, and Kongwu, you're like um, player of the your fu- your yeah. five of the future. That like trading for Claxton makes heaps of sense because. Claxton's probably although he's like a bit more versatile can like move his feet a little bit offensively he's a five yeah he's not a four yeah so which is good which is fine but it, it just means it just means that you're not trading with someone who's like super versatile on both ends you know you're trading for a five who can defend out in the perimeter in, in, in space a little bit and Cam Reddish is definitely having his best season of his career um, so that would potentially I think be selling high on Cam for like a low return mm. um, just quietly when you google Onyeka Okonwu uh, <laughs> the first photo that comes up is Solomon Hill also <laughs> also just quietly um, it is Melbourne United's own James Ennis mm. he played one season in the NBL and he averaged 21 and 7 Um, But when you Google James Ennis Melbourne, the first article that comes up is from 2004, (laughs) titled, James Ennis has denied throwing his NBL All-Star 5 trophy in Yarra after a dummy (laughs) spit. And the the first fucking paragraph is, he's denied throwing his NBL All-Star 5 trophy off a Melbourne pier on Wednesday night in a fit when Rodney Clark was named MVP. (laughs) Ennis did admit to filming something off the Docklands Pier but not the trophy and then quotes him as saying my trophy's in my bag I threw a bottle I threw a water bottle into the water I have the trophy in my bag and I'm going to give it to my mum when I get home and then the <laughs> next fucking line in, in just an absolutely you know like you know fuck the hell with well and truly but this is, this is pretty good journalism the next line is however when asked to produce the trophy Ennis declined <laughs>
0: Dude, that that article's a tweet. Though. Like that, that's less than like 240 characters. 2014 was a, a different, time. A different <laughs> um, time. Can I just say uh, more fake trades for Joe Harris? Because like you know I, wa- I want to get this moving. Joe Harris for Marcus Smart and take your pick of Romeo Langford and the other guy. Um, what's the other one's name? Aaron Nesmith. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm 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 hands off on that one because predicting what's going on in Boston is yeah is anyone's you know anyone's business I just feel like if Marcus Smart was getting traded it wouldn't be for Joe Harris it would be for someone who's
0: I just think like because I don't know if you listen to the most recent Bill Simmons pod with um nah who's that who's that lady he has on all the time the Boston lady don't know uh, I did not listen to it no yeah, but, yeah, but you'll used to as you know I
1: haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to the Simmons the Simmons pod properly for like probably 18 months yeah okay. maybe an episode maybe an episode here and there when KC's on Who's the Who's the Who's the Boston lady? Oh, he always has her
0: on. Uh, I'm full. i full blanking on her. Nah, let me just give you a minute. Anyway, so like she came on, and then they're always just talking about Jack and me Isn't she Lakers anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, she's just going on about chemistry issues, and say um Imao Doko just looks like really uneasy on the sidelines. Like something needs to happen, and it's like. I'm just, I'm going to, just as you're keeping a tab on James Harden catching Steph Curry for some absurd reason, I just want to keep a tab on the fact that every time the Celtics have an issue over the past five years and moving forwards, every single time, there's always a quote from Marcus Smart. It's never Al Horford being like, oh man, they fucked up this time, we had to call a meeting, or Jason Tatum being like, just guys being dudes, we punched it out, you know? It's always Marcus Smart saying we needed to do this. Is Marcus
1: Smart in some ways like the spiritual successor of the last championship team in Boston? <laughs> I, no, no, I mean like he—he yeah. he, he kind of more from cut from like the Rondo KG Paul Pierce cloth, right? Three alphas. <laughs> Man, that's that's the that's the Bulls. It's the Jimmy Butler Wade Rondo Bulls. Uh, yeah, how did that work out? Um, Marcus Smart, stylistically and in terms of mentality, is like. Almost like a holdover from that like previous regime, mm. and now that we have a f- reasonably close to like a fully actualized version of Tatum and Brown, they're no longer like the young players, and you know it's like an it's like a transitional. You can't period excuse them for this. <laughs> well, well, I mean like now they're like ready in theory, ready to be like the team leaders in their own right. Yeah. Marcus Smart potentially, you're right. It, it, maybe he's grading a little bit on the team. Maybe he's like you know baggage from like an earlier iteration of the team that needs to be cut loose but all the stuff you've ever heard is like heart and soul of the team like could never do it without him and I just feel like if he was gonna get traded like you would have to be for someone better than Joe Harris I I just or as part of a package for someone who's better than Joe Harris like uh, you trade him like you said him couple picks young guys or whatever and you get like someone good yeah I'm just wondering not that that Joe Harris isn't good but you know what I mean you get like a you get like a
0: great (laughs) starter. Yeah, like a, Kemba, a fringe all star. Prime Kemba sort of I, I was thinking like you get like a Gordon Hayward type. Oh <laughs> That's funny we went the same way. Um I'm just saying just keep a tab on it that every single time the Celtics have issues, Marcus Smart is front and centre. And whether that be because he's a leader and because he's an elf on the team or you just never really hear bad things about anyone else and is it really worth it at some point Um, do you want to move on to I've got a really good segue Dante if you don't want to add any more I know where the
1: segue is (laughs) going but you, you hit it
0: Okay, cool. I'll just keep going. Um, so, <laughs> coming from Shams Trania of The Athletic, the Boston Celtics. Whoa, we were Whoa. just talking about them. <laughs> That's cool. crazy. Consider trades for Dennis Schroeder, who is currently on a one-year $5.9 million deal. You want to know something really cool? I didn't even Google that. I just knew that he was on five-point-nine mil because I feel like everyone for the rest of his life is going to know what Schroeder's on because of what he could have been on. He, um, he
1: He's you know, a proud member of the Victor Oladipo. He fucked
0: it. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Reading between the lines here with this report, um, I've just written this quote, which is right in between the lines. You can almost see it if you turn your brightness all the way down, (laughs) which is quote, we don't want to pay him any more than this because it would be too hard to ask him to take a discount with the exact same team because multiple teams have asked him to take a discount and didn't want to take it. Dennis Schroeder is doing the exact same thing he's done for the past four years. It's just not very good. It's just replacement level.
1: No, but I think that's a, to be honest, I think that's a basic take because Dennis Schroeder is doing the exact same thing that he's done all this time. It's just that what he's doing is actually worth more like 13 million than it is 6 million. And he's going to get paid 13 million next season. He might even get paid 15 million next season. And Boston can't afford to pay him that because. Al Horford, the two js Marcus Smart—you know there's some fucking contracts there. They can't pay an average point guard above average money,
0: which is what Shooter's going to get. Um, would you do you want a better picnic on this? I don't reckon he's going to get above. Let's say, money. let's
1: let's say twelve. Let's say the number is twelve. I I think will still getting, go under. Okay, well let's 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 better um, let's bet a block of pico organic mint chocolate on it because uh, okay. I can't do the picnics anymore. All right. All right.
0: Um, Is Pico or organic like picnic for but veggie the- version? No, nah, it's I just like haven't. these
1: little. It's like just like these little um, like chocolate blocks, and they do some real... the hazelnut and the mint ones in
0: particular. What really about cool. a choc carob bear? I like them. I loved the carob bear, little bear of like fake chocolate, mm. but real chocolate. Yeah, right. Just right. No dairy. No,
1: nah, have you haven't had one. No, nah, never had one.
0: Okay, I'll get you one regardless of the outcome of this. bet. these
1: are good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think yeah, I think that he's going to get more money because he's he's like he's a he's an average starting point guard he'd be a great backup point guard we saw how good he was two seasons ago when he was the third
0: guard Oh my god, he was amazing.
1: He was yeah, efficient. He okay. was getting good shots. He's making, you know, like but
0: he's he's efficient at scoring, and he does all that, and he's awesome if he's behind SGA and Chris Paul, right? Yeah. But like, look at the best backup guards in the whole entire league, campaign. like Lou Lou <laughs> a Campaign, Lou Williams for his whole prime couldn't get more than eight million dollars a year, and you think someone's gonna. Pay more than what they have in the past for any backup. Shooter was career. going
1: to get paid eighty million dollars. Teams like, are ready to, to be
0: fair. That was ready to go. To be fair, the Lakers actually denied that report. And we believe the Lakers when they say things. No, we don't. But like, we haven't seen it because he was going to get paid as a starter. So if some team looks at him and goes, "All right, he'll be awesome right behind," like maybe maybe he can like be the you can you can sign him. Like Phoenix could sign him. I don't reckon anyone's going to pay him $12 million a year because, like, the teams that have cap space don't need him, right? No no one needs him at the moment. And the teams that might have, like, more than the mid-level exception that want to compete don't really have room for a guy to, like, come in and maybe stuff it up. Well,
1: I guess the teams that then target him are teams that feel like they have a tight ecosystem, like the Thunder did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where there's a hierarchy and you're not asking him to do too much. Whereas in, in, in LA, they were basically like, hey, um, when LeBron's off the floor and we're playing with two centers and-, and <laughs> Try and, to do something. Yeah, like how about you run the offense? And he didn't do a very good job, fair. Now he's being, now he's their starting point guard in Boston and they're saying, be the starting point guard. He's averaging 17 and five, counting stats are fine. I, I agree that you know his impact has been m- minimal. Um, and I think yes he is an average starting guard but if he's your third guard or he's your second guard but you play with you know a couple of ball dominant wings like he could be
0: say, say, he could be great like say Atlanta next season okay. as an example okay. instead of Kevin okay. Hurt. Well
1: how, how about this like could he be like Reggie Jackson and how much did Reggie Jackson get paid 11 million dollars
0: so I'd still win the bet
1: well I'm, it's, <laughs> in the, it's in the ballpark
0: I think Reggie Jackson is different because Reggie Jackson is great when the ball's not in his hands as well. He, like, he hits shots off the dribble, but he also hits catch and well, shoot. He didn't always. Which is good. Now, and Now, in this Clippers iteration, he's good when you've got two ball-dominant guys and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Reggie Jackson is fine handling the ball when they're not on the court, uh, but he's also fine not handling the ball because he can just space out and he'll catch and shoot. Dennis Schroeder doesn't have that ability unless he's the go-to guy, and he hasn't actually led an efficient offense. But you're not asking him to lead. I know. You're not going to ask him to lead anything ever again. And
1: you're just going to say 12 million is fine to pay for, you know, like a, a second or third guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who,
0: who's done that? Like, I don't know. What, what's, what's campaign on three for 19? Well,
1: campaign is an outlier because campaign, I, I would be confident saying campaign took a well below market. Deal. It is a three for 19, but took a well below market, um, market value deal. In part because he really likes organization, and they invested in him. and In part because he was almost out of the fucking. Well, he was out of the fucking league. So you can just a year before logo. he signed the deal,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. China. So yeah, all right. So he, you
1: put 19 million in front of campaign. He says, "I'll I'll lock that up right now." You put you put that money in front of Schroeder, He says, "I had 100 million on the table. I had 80 million on the table."
0: Um. So the best backup point guard in the whole entire league. Right. Let me just actually. Give me a second. Phoenix Suns legend, Rick Rubio. <laughs> um, so one of the best point backup point guards in the whole entire league, Sean Livingston, prime career, three for 23. The best backup point guard in the whole entire league right now. Sean
1: Livingston's contracts were in an era that's not comparable. All right. You can't okay, take okay, okay. 2014 backup point guard contracts and say like it's... Okay,
0: okay. The best backup point guard in the league right now is Monty Morris. And he's getting paid nine million dollars a year.
1: is going to pay nine million dollars a year on a long-term deal, though. what do
0: you want? Maybe Shruder Maybe wants a one-year thirteen. Maybe you give him two twenty. Who the fuck are you? Maybe
1: you. Maybe you give him two
0: twenty-five. Two twenty-five. I don't know. I will. I think someone's going to do it. I won't I believe it because I won't it. see it. I think someone is going to do it. It'd, it have to. Like, who's, who's doing it? Like, when, when Atlanta waves Danilo Gallinari, they're going to have less than twenty million dollars to throw at someone. Hey, maybe they can trade for Joe Harris. Um, <laughs> like, they're a semi-contending team. or do it. Like, none of these bad teams are going to get him as a reclamation project because he's twenty-nine. Like, there's no. There's no one out there who's got that amount of money. It's just He's just going to have to keep going between Bostons at five mil because people have holes at, at mm. the guard position. He's
1: going to get paid way more than
0: six right. mil. I think we've hung on this for too yeah, long. Really <laughs> Let's move on to the final piece of trade news. it actually came out a week and a half ago, but it's um, not actually just, just a week ago, but I actually did this. What are we doing for Tom? No, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine, we're fine. Um, I, I actually did this trade on NBA 2K and enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, before before I didn't. I was playing as Cleveland. Interesting. And I made a trade based around uh, Karis Levert for Colin Sexton for multiple reasons. And then there was a report the following day from Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com which says that, quote, multiple members of the Cavs organization are reportedly fans of Karis Levert. Uh, And this would be... Welcome to
1: the club. (laughs) Welcome to the club, multiple members of the Cavs organization. You
0: know, know, sometimes I just sit there and just think, and I actually get like you know I've told you about that guy that I don't like like the the referee at Coburg who I'll just sit there and think of him and my blood will just boil and I'll just get which one is it? I don't know his name but couple of like, I, I I'm, there's some bad ones I
1: filled in for your team the other night <laughs> and there's the both of us are genuinely terrible were they like did he have a neck,
0: neck beard yeah 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 so him and his brother yeah I know I know what you're talking about oh yeah. they, they could do with a little bit yeah. Over it was the, it was the younger one who was ref him. The younger one's better, but the older yeah, one is The terrible. older one used to ref me
1: when I was a junior there. Um, he's got a power trip in it. Can I ask so Can obvious. I ask you a question? Of course. It's your podcast as much as mine. If if it's a fast break situation <laughs> and and the offensive player is running with the ball and he runs past all the defenders and then the the last defender Hacks him from behind. Is that a clear path? Is that a clear path now? <laughs> nah, not not if you're at the rim. Are you at the rim? Not not yet.
0: So you're like I was. I
1: was. I was. I was probably about, I was probably between the free throw line and the. I was clearly yeah. going to the rim. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he just he just grabbed me. So he, he
0: he didn't call you.
1: No, he he called it. He called it a regular. He called it a, a foul. Not not only not a shooting foul. But he
0: called it a foul on the floor. So that exact same ref. Um, that now I agree with you that's a bad call right that exact same ref we were down by one point right we're down by one point there's 40 seconds left on the clock and they've got the ball we had just made a shot to make it one point and we're like okay we need the ball so then my friend Tom shared out if you're listening cerebral player you know understands what's going on in the court he intentionally fails and does this like he just grabs the play with two hands and like obviously no one can see what I'm doing but I'm literally softly grabbing it was, Dante it was, it was gentle as soft as possible he softly grabs Dante and looks at the ref and goes I failed him can he please take free throws so we can get the ball back and maybe mm. hit a three or hit a two to win the game and he calls an unsportsmanlike contact yeah. on, on that exact foul because yeah. it wasn't a play at the ball. So that team got two free throws and side, and we had zero percent chance. But that's
1: him. not the rule, though. Like, <laughs> like that's literally not the rule. Like, like I just don't understand. It's that. It's
0: just a power trip for him.
1: I mean, like, what? So you'd rather like you'd rather like make a serious play at the ball and like rake him across the arm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just slap his. Like, wrist Do you want
1: him to like come from behind? But I then slap might, him on the wrist and, yeah, yeah. and he gets a red wrist. Versus I just I, I just great anyway. He's zero. done the good thing there. Yeah, no. Let's you, let's get one of those
0: instances a week. Um, let's car- bring it back. Car- in. Levert.
1: the Levert for Colin Sexton.
0: Yeah, ba- based around that, there would be no picks going either way. I think you might have to send a bit more money if your Cavs to meet up with India. So it would be Larry uh, Markkinen. No, there's no nah. There's there's no. The Cavs aren't doing that. There's no other way to do it, though.
1: I don't know if the Cavs are sending out Lowry. Like, it's weird to say. I <laughs> know. Uh, could is you not say. send out... Could you not send out... Um... Teddy Osman?
0: Do you wanna? Well, I'd rather send out Teddy Osman than, than Lowry. Yeah, but then... Like, you're gonna be crunched pretty soon. You're gonna be pretty well locked into this Chetty team. Teddy Osman's contest
1: is about $8 million a year, which Sexton is probably at, like...
0: a year why don't don't we find out for sure so
1: that would get you in the ballpark for LeVert
0: but do do you like the theory of the trade so Indiana gets to look at Colin Sexton yeah probably cringes a little bit when they're looking at him but then the other team Cleveland Cavaliers get because like if I don't want to I don't want to tell you this right now but if Darius Garland gets injured the Cavs might fall out of the playoff picture yeah That's, that's how important he is do you get Karis Levert who but can do, be that other ball handler?
1: Well, yeah, I mean Karis Levert, like I mean he 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 hasn't been good this year, but that, that that is um, Sneaky hasn't been good. That's the fundamental reality. I'm that, oh, sorry, that's been, what I was
0: saying about blood boiling with that ref. Yeah, I sit at home and I just I just think like. Lucas Petratus uh, from the JVJ NBA tribute show, or as he likes to call it, the Jeff Van Gundy National Basketball Association, <laughs> Association tribute show. And you just like love him, you just fanboy of him because, like, yes, he looks cool and he does some cool shit, but he's not that good. Were you talking about fanboying about Lucas? No, fanboy- he looks cool, but he's not that good. <laughs> fanboying about Karis LeVert. No,
1: he he's been he has been a bad Luke, scorer. Lucas backs it up on the court he yeah, does he ever Karras uh, has been a bad scorer and he hasn't really shown the playmaking chops that you that you'd want you know from a, a second ball handler okay so this trade has, this trade has gone through it's Jedi Osmond and
0: Colin Sexton for Karras the Vert. but um, NBA 2K has declined it because one of them is injured yeah damn <laughs> um, so would the Cavs part with a pick to do that
1: Nah, because I don't. I think Kyrie's value is as low as it's been in the last two years. Even um, you know, even including the the whole cancer stuff. Because the, at least the cancer stuff, the last time you saw him, he was fucking lighting it up for Brooklyn, playing your turn, my turn with Kevin Durant. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this guy really could be a great second option.
0: Mm.
1: And now he's just not really being a very good. Second, third or fourth option this year. So if if
0: the Pacers do want to bottom out and tank, tell you a good way to do that. I think the
1: I think well, I think the Cavs do it because you you're not gonna re-sign Colin Sexton to a big contract anyway. If Colin Sexton wants 20 million, the Cavs probably aren't gonna give it to him. Yeah. I think in terms of Colin in terms of for Colin Sexton, like it's 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 not good for him that he's gonna go to a team like the Pacers that's maybe trying to rebuild. He needs to, I feel like, go somewhere where he's got like a structured role and he's not like the guy like he had been in Cleveland and he's not going to put up 22, 25 points a game on a shit team. Like, maybe he puts up a really efficient 17 on a on a good team. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still... He was a bit rough to start the season and obviously, you know, Garland is probably playing better now than what Sexton has holistically. Garland's not the scorer that Sexton is, but on the whole is probably better for the Cavs now than what Sexton ever has been so Sexton needs to go somewhere where he has like a defined role where he can kind of channel those those skills it's not going to be in Cleveland I think that's becoming pretty clear looking at how the Cavs are playing without him and it's not going to be in a team like Indiana yeah, because the Indiana's yeah. just going to say yeah well someone needs to take 20 shots yeah, yeah, yeah. so you take it and just, it's gonna, doing the same thing. It's just gonna be doing the same thing It's going to be doing the same thing he's going to end up getting paid you know 18 million and he's going to not prove to be worth it like if he went and got paid 14 million to be someone's sixth man yeah. and he's just like you know Paddy Mills on fucking roids <laughs> which is you know which is a fucking dangerous fever player oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Argentin- Argentinians Quake in their boots Slovenians um, quaking in their boots Man You know I think I think, the, I think the, the, the Cavs Would definitely Would definitely Do this Just because They probably Would Would they let him walk Would they just What like
0: Colin Sexton walk Would they just let him walk Would they Pontius Pilate And wash their hands No uh, no nah, nah, I think What's What's a good saying For this Where it's like They've just Become good And like They've just Shown competence Like don't Don't let it go To your head Like you still need to keep talent like whether that be just keep him as a trade asset yeah but because then, he's 20 but, is meniscus, no one's going to come in with an offer like detroit's not paying him 20 million a year no no no
1: but that's why i say that's why that's why i say he'd be better on a team where they where someone a, a good team that sees it and says yeah like let's get this guy mm. and let's fucking slot him in colin you're playing 28 a game colin you're the fourth option on our team Sometimes we we'll get to play either the first option, sometimes you need to defer to these two these two guys. If all healthy, Joe Harris for Colin No, because nah, I think he I think he just is such a liability defensively for a team that needs like yeah. if not Joe Harris isn't like an amazing defender but at least he's like six he's seven. Yeah, yeah He's big. Like yeah. Colin Sexton is genuinely an abominable defender. Yeah. So that's that that's that's the thing. Especially like, if
0: Kyrie does play he's got two two small. Bats. And
1: then it's just redundant skill sets. It's like it's almost like the fucking Portland three J where it's like well, do you really need someone who's a really effective three level scorer when you've got in theory three
0: effective you know, fucking all NBA yeah, level yeah. effective three level scorers. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Um, all right, can you think of any character trades? I know we haven't we haven't prepped for this. No, because no, he's, he's
1: such an he's such an an unstable asset. He's such an unknowable asset at this point. Do you he's, see he's, any of the the tanking teams trying to get him and reinvigorating his value to no? Because if you're tanking okay. like if you're tanking like what's the point? Like Detroit's already got Jeremy Grant. Like obviously he's injured at the moment. But if you're genuinely really bad and you're deliberately trying to be bad, like what's the point? You can just like Houston's not going to do it OKC's not going to do it because they've got young guys who can just take those shots like Josh Giddy can take 14 shots if they, yeah. if they want him to like Jalen yeah. Green can take all those shots they don't Trey need man. someone to come in and eat up the innings yeah that's a cricket term that's for you that's a cricket term thanks to they me. don't need someone who's just going to hit singles and just take
0: the shots they need David Warner He's gonna they, need a of... gonna go they need someone
1: who's going to go for six they need someone who's going to play Big Bash in a test <laughs> You know, yeah, they have Jalen Green's Jalen, Jalen Green's going for the Sixers.
0: If he gets bowled, if he gets bowled for a golden golden duck, doesn't matter. The uh, yeah, effort mentioned, David Warner currently just hit his fifty and there's one for eighty-six. So you're like new. What's what's Manus on? Twenty-six. So you're you're new to cricket, aren't you? Yeah, I've got no idea about
1: cricket. So like, do you like watching the Big Bash? I literally've never watched cricket before in my life. I, until today. Until today. I probably yeah. watched I probably watched about thirty five minutes of cricket this afternoon and that would probably be double the total amount of cricket I'd ever watched in my life before okay so I'm sitting there on the couch asking Lawrence like all these questions I was like that's a dumb question yeah and to his credit I think he was just really excited that yeah. I was showing an interest so he was really engaged and I like asked but I was well, like I'm excited but right? I was like I was like what's a wide like how do you how do you tell what a wide is yeah I was like how does the um when they do like the, the review and they do the simulation of like where the ball was going like how does that work yeah, like asking yeah. all these questions yeah. Fundamental that's, nuts that's and bolts question. questions. Um so I've got I've
0: got no idea. But well you're you're in for a great series. This is gonna be a great no, I don't, summer, I don't, I don't a- cricket. I don't actually know that I'm gonna watch cricket again. It's, it's you should. You should. it's so calming and these Twilight matches start at three thirty, end at ten. Yeah, they they, they change into a, a fluoro pink ball so you can yeah. see it at night time.
1: Fluoro yeah, nice. <laughs> Well maybe on maybe on maybe on Sunday night I'll Ooh.
0: I'll watch some cricket. Well how about when when um the four man weaver Marco go to the cricket on the twenty eighth, you come with us. Is everyone going? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, was you, my invite? You, well you missed the group chat, bro. Yeah. That's, it it was in the group chat, but Marco and I Ikeen That is pretty characteristic. Uh, friend of me. the Potter He's he in the group chat. A friend of the potolessio SEO goes, Ugh, fine, I like you guys. So tackle along. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah. Unless I'm working. Well don't work. Public holiday money though. Twenty eighth. Yeah.
1: What fucking public holidays We well, get there? like offset public holidays. What, for the whole gap? For so Boxing Day is a public holiday. <laughs> and then for the 24th and the 25th, you get like offset ones. Yeah. So you get 26, 27, 28 public holidays.
0: So just like that morass between you Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you can
1: get it, it's good money. And I'll tell you what. Well, you're not going to be working every day. Well, I actually might be if I can <laughs> get it. Anyway, will, will I just be able to buy a ticket?
0: Oh, uh, after day two, it's a gold coin donation. Okay. All right. And you'll get good seats. Well, I'll just come with you then.
1: Yeah. Alright, me. You cool. know. Cool.
0: Tell them you know a guy. And they're like, who the fuck are
1: you? <laughs> it's the guy wearing the wallabies. Alright. Feel like we're feel like we're we're well and truly in the weeds, yeah. And this j- is probably as good a time as any to wrap it up.
0: Well, what about that final piece of nah, news? I, it's it's
1: it's fine. Like it's
0: it's literally <laughs> We only, we said it months ago. Yeah, the only
1: reason the only reason to mention it is just for like the shitty payoff of like a half conceived Mormon joke. And so yeah, like, there's yeah, plenty yeah. of time
0: for Mormon yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah, and there's an iPad, not a book. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Alright. Well that seems like a good place to leave it. Sean, as always been an absolute pleasure. Um for the listeners, make sure that you are following us on all of our socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn if you're so inclined. LinkedIn. Um if you ever, you know, if you're ever hopping around on, on YouTube, check out check out our videos on YouTube. Otherwise you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Obviously, you're listening to this. And how about you just tell a friend? <laughs> you you know, it's summer everyone's out and about. You've had a conversation with someone who likes basketball. Oh, like, did you see did you see LeBron? Yeah, like, oh LeBron's really good. Oh Steph Curry's pretty good. How about you just like slide it in the head? There's this really good basketball podcast. Support local. Support grassroots. Anyway, drop us a line.
0: Um, And while you're dropping us line, if you've also got a couple of minutes to muck around on the YouTubes, you might as well have a couple of minutes to go to thedeep2.com. Yes, it's that simple, thedeep2.com. No hyphens in between, because I wrote an article on Golden State's favourite son at the moment. Uh, And I say at the moment because we have so many, unlike some other teams, who just can't happen to cobble together rotation players off a two-way contract in the last day. Gary Payton II. I love watching him, and he's actually like piecing together what could be the new death line up, you know, it's not the Hamptons five, it's not the death line up. It's uh you know, when are we gonna start calling him Gary Payton Senior and start referring to him as Gary Payton. Damn. And that's on the deep two dot We got a fucking website. We got a fucking website. And it, and it is that easy. Yeah. It All is right. it is so simple. Anyway, Dante I'll speak to you next week. Hey, at 1-2 Don Yang, do you like hearing the down low on all your NBA and basketball content? Hey, at Will Conkin on Instagram and Twitter, don't you mean the lowdown on NBA and basketball content? No, I mean the down low, because that's our show, The Down Low. Where we give you the lowdown on everything NBA. Check out The Down Low NBA on all your podcasting platforms, like Spotify, Apple, or even Google Podcasts. Google has podcasts? Yeah, I didn't even know that either, but... Now you know, so go and get it in your ears. We were over the moon when we first heard that the NBA was going to be televised on Australian free-to-air TV in the 2019-20 season. It didn't exactly go swimmingly with the nasty cough halting the season and games getting cancelled left, right and centre, but it was a huge step and an exciting one for basketball fans all across the country.
1: Better yet, it wasn't a commercial channel cashing in on some basketball nerds like us. It was SBS, one of our public broadcasters. Unfortunately, the NBA wasn't the only thing SBS was pushing last season. They also ran advertisements from Sportsbet, Ladbroke, Bet365, BetEasy and Neds, some of the biggest sports betting companies in Australia.
0: In a one step forwards, two steps backwards move, SBS has dropped the ball here. As a public broadcaster, SBS plays a key role in providing relevant, culturally appropriate health information to local communities. The last thing SBS should be doing is offering a platform for gambling companies during the most financially unstable time in recent memory.
1: This past year, men aged 18 to 24 made up 79% of new gambling account holders with increased median spending and frequency of bets. This is the last thing we should be spending our money on given the financial uncertainty that comes with the pandemic. During COVID lockdowns, wagering companies spent more money on advertising and incentives to gamble and it worked. SBS needs to hear from viewers that gambling ad revenue isn't worth the harm it causes. Call on the SBS chair, George Savitas, to put community health ahead of gambling revenue by signing the petition at www.endgamblingads.org.au forward slash get gambling off SBS with hyphens in between.